Good morning and welcome to St. Columba's and a particular welcome to you all as we return with joyfulness and thankfulness to our beautiful church building following the completion of the renovation project. And for all of that, we give thanks and praise to God as we have just sung in that wonderful opening hymn. I welcome visitors in particular. All of you are most welcome. And I hope that you can wait behind for refreshments at the West End following this service. We turn to page 101. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Beloved in Christ, we come together to offer to Almighty God our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to confess our sins and to receive God's forgiveness, to hear his holy word proclaimed, to bring before him our needs and the needs of the world, and to pray that in the power of his Spirit we may serve him and know the greatness of his love. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour, in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that's past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, open our lips. And our minds will proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. When Israel came out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of a strange became his sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea saw that and fled, Jordan was driven back. The mountains hit like rams, the little hills like young sheep. Like rams, you live. 
In ancient times and today, the deliverance from slavery in Egypt defines the nature of God's protection. Such is his power that he made their escape possible by the mighty miracle of drying up the waters for them to pass over unharmed. The Old Testament reading is from Exodus chapter 14, verses 19 to 31. The angel of God, who was going before the Israelite army, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. And so the cloud was there with the darkness, and it lit up the night. One did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning watch, the Lord, in the pillar of fire and cloud, looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Worship to the Father, 
Testament reading is a parable of Jesus, which teaches us what God is like. His whole nature is forgiveness and mercy. And just because he forgives us so much and loves us so much, we are to show these same graces in our lives. The New Testament reading is from Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him, and forgave him for his debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he should pay his entire debt. So, my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart.
This is the word of the Lord. Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is a very significant day for us in the life of our parish church of St. Columba's Knock. We return back to our beautiful church building with thankfulness, with enthusiasm, and also with deep gratitude for the work that has been done here on refurbishment throughout the summer months. This work would enable all of us to embrace future opportunities with confidence and also to embrace new beginnings as we endeavour to ensure that a warm welcome awaits everyone who comes through our doors and that we can get more blessing from this our building, reaching out to you and to me and to the wider community during these very challenging and stressful times for us all. Throughout these past months, when we have temporarily relocated to the church hall for our services. I want at the very outset, as rector, to say personally thank you to you all for your patience, for your understanding, and for all the additional work that was done week by week throughout these summer months 
enabling the contractors to move in and to commence their work. And throughout that time, they have shown deep respect for this, our most cherished church building, and have set about their work in a most dutiful and careful way. First was the repairing of the plaster on the side aisle walls. That turned out to be a very challenging piece of work, not least because lime plastering had to be done, which is a craft in itself. It was an eye-opener to me about the importance of patience, and it did take patience as the plasters worked day after day in the work they have done. And now all of that issue has been finally resolved and concluded. Then here at the front, how can we embrace the opportunities of this day in what is a traditional church building and yet maintaining the beauty of this building? Following the enormous success seven years ago of the opening up of the west end of the church, past and present select vestries and members of the property committee and the finance committee have over many years reflected with me how can we embrace the opportunity to serve and to serve faithfully and to be inclusive in our service of all, complying with disability legislation, enabling us to reach out to do more, to welcome more people into our church. And the result of that, many years of drilling down deep into the detail we see before us here at the front of the church, dedicated in the memory of Hazel Reed, whose most generous legacy has covered the financial cost of this work. Right at the outset of all of this, many months ago, at a site meeting before the work even commenced, I said to the architect, who was the same architect who did the work at the back, I said to the contractors who were the same contractors who did this work, if only we could get the same batch of wood for the wooden floor that would match precisely that at the back. And they rolled their eyes heavenward. Rector, what planet are you on? Seven years have passed. And they said, we can get something close. But I have such a great respect for the beauty of this building, for what our predecessors have built and handed on to us as the current custodians and the stewards of this building, I said, it's worth a shot. Give it your all. And they rolled their eyes even more heavenward. At that point, I felt I should retreat Many weeks went by, and I was working at my desk in my study, 
and the phone went and it was the architect and the architect said, are you sitting down? And that was an ominous beginning. I didn't quite know what was going to be coming my way. And I assured the architect I was sitting, working at my computer, at my desk. He said, John, remember that conversation you had with us many weeks ago in the church about the wood and how you were insisting upon us the importance of doing our best to get the same batch. I said, yes, I remember it vividly. He said, John, we have found the same batch of wood. There was silence on the phone line. And he said, John, are you still there? I said, yes. I said, to the architect, the words faith and hope come to mind, along with thanksgiving. And this wooden floor is the exact same batch as that which is at the West End, and it was found in a warehouse in France. It was then immediately shipped over, arrived to England, and the architect said, get it to Belfast. And it resided at the baptistry these past four months, acclimatizing to the soft, refreshing rain of East Belfast before it was laid this past fortnight. Terrific work from a most conscientious member of our choir, Hazel Reed a former Sunday school superintendent opening up for us flexibility. And the comment that I have taken so much from this morning as I have been walking around before the service began is your comments. You wouldn't know this was just done. And you wouldn't. It blends in beautifully. And so today, we give thanks to God for guidance, direction, faithfulness of parishioners past and present, and for the work of our elected representatives on vestry and committees, for their diligence, for their attention to detail, and leaving no issue unturned. And this is what we have. New chairs will be coming in due course organizations can meet here. Those in wheelchairs can now sit beside their family members in the stackable chairs at the front. But those of you who have an eye to detail, and I know you are one step ahead of me in this point, will know that this church, when it was beautifully designed in magnificent proportions, is in a cruciform shape, and that is in the shape of a cross. And with the removal of three rows of pews, the cruciform shape of the design of this building is even more apparent. The symbol of the cross, the symbol of our Christian faith, Christ died that we might be forgiven. 
He died to make us good, and that is now visible for all of us before the first note is played on the organ, before the first word is said in the service. The cross is there, not just up at the high altar, but also here in the body of the church, and we all sit around it, and we are part of it, what Christ did for us. It is particularly significant that following all the work that has been done, that the words of the collect, the canon levity, our assistant priest is going to pray very shortly, are words that bring us back to the purpose of our faith, where we are called to be steadfast in faith and active in service. What a most important collect for us to have as we come back with joyfulness into our building, steadfast in faith, centered on the cross in our worship, and then going back out through the doors to live and work to God's praise and glory. And if we needed a reminder as what that is all about, it is surely in the New Testament reading when Jesus spoke about forgiveness. Forgiveness. Recently, during a pastoral visit, a parishioner said to me, Rector, forgiveness, you know, is all very well until you have to offer it. That was the conversational stopper if ever I came across one. Forgiveness is all very well until you have to offer it. I had to agree. How easy it is to bear grudges. How easy it is to be unforgiving. And what did Jesus do for us? Back to the cross, back to the implant of the cross in this church, back to that hymn of Mrs. Alexander, he died that we might be forgiven as we receive the forgiveness of Christ. So we are called to share that one with another, no matter what the circumstance. And therefore, it is not surprising when that parishioner said, forgiveness is all very well until you have to offer it. And the collect, which we'll hear in a moment, were called to be steadfast in faith and active in service. Because when we meet people in our place of work, in our homes, out on the road, in the community, at school, in the shops, in a restaurant, and something happens, something is said, something is done, maybe something is omitted, we don't know what is going on in that person's life at that moment in time. And yet a word of forgiveness, a love of God and a love of neighbor can make all the difference to be forgiving. And so let's do it. Let's be more forgiving. Let us be steadfast in faith and active in service as we joyfully give thanks for all that has been done here and we return to get the benefit of all of this work and the investment for this generation and future generations as we endeavor to play our part to maintain this building 
may we ensure that we are steadfast in faith and active in service. This day, a day of new beginnings, a day of return, and may we go out to live and work to God's praise and glory. And now to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be ascribed is most justly due, almighty majesty, glory, dominion, and power, henceforth and forevermore. Amen. <clears throat> The Apostles' Creed on page 112. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord have, mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord. O Lord, save the King. Let your ministers be clothed with righteousness. O Lord, save your people. Give peace in our time, O Lord. O God, make clean our hearts within us. The Collect of today, the 15th Sunday after Trinity. God, who in generous mercy sent the Holy Spirit upon your church in the burning fire of your love, grant that your people may be fervent in the fellowship of the gospel, that always abiding in you, they may be found steadfast in faith and active in service through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us in all assaults of our enemies that we, surely trusting in your protection, may not fear the power of any adversaries through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and ever-living God, we give you thanks for bringing us safely to this day. Keep us from falling into sin or running into danger, and in all things guide us to know and do your will through Jesus Christ, 
our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you promised through your Son, Jesus Christ, to hear the prayers of those who ask in faith. We pray for the Church, that it may know its true resources and power are from you, that it may be enabled to proclaim your saving power and your love. Give your Church the ability to be a healing instrument in the world, to bring peace and to proclaim your presence. Renew the life of this, our diocese of Down and Dromore, and in the diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for the parish of Movilla and the joint ministers, the Reverend Alan Peake and the Reverend Michael Spence, and the whole life and work of that parish. Bless David, our bishop, John, our rector, Ken and Walter, our assistant priests, and Karen, our diocesan lay reader, and build us up in faith and love. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for God's creation of the world. We give thanks for our daily bread and for all who provide us with our food and shelter. We pray for farmers and fishermen and all who prepare food for us to eat. We remember before you all who are hungry and weary. We ask you to bless all who suffer from poverty, from famine, and from natural disasters. 
And particularly at this time, we remember the many people within Morocco and Libya, so tragically affected by death and destruction following earthquake and floods. We pray that they may receive practical assistance in order to aid their recovery, both immediate and in the longer term. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our families and for those who live alone. Comfort and sustain the communities in which we live and work and help us to love our neighbours as ourselves. We give thanks for all that our parents and loved ones do for us, for their love, their sacrifice and their care. We seek your blessing upon our homes and our families. We remember all those who have no one to care for them, but that they may be sustained by your ever-continuing love. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for God's ever-present support. You are our hope and our strength, O Lord. We come to you for refreshment and renewal. When we are weak, may we trust in your strength. When we are fearful, may we turn to you and your light. We pray for all who are struggling at this time. We remember before you the troubled in mind and the distressed in spirit. We ask your blessing upon friends and loved ones who are ill. We pray for those who work in hospitals and all who care for people who are in trouble. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, grant that the desires of your people's hearts may find favour in your sight through the intercessions of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
Please be seated. One aspect of the refurbishment project that has not yet been discussed has been the hidden aspect to it. And if I were to ask you what is the hidden aspect of the refurbishment, I wonder what the response would be. The choir can remain silent at this moment. The answer, not on a postcard, please, but the answer is the acoustics, which have gone up many, many levels. And in order for us to now experience all of that, Caroline Woods and Joe are going to perform a well-known song by Sir Arthur Sullivan. The last chord tells a story of an organist who happens upon a most dramatic harmony as he improvises in an empty church. Enjoy. Death's bright angel 
Let us pray. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. seated. I hope you can wait behind for a coffee and do take a walk round and do see for yourself the work that has been done here throughout the summer. This afternoon at 3.30, the Diocesan Organ Scholarship Board Award Service will be taking place. All of you are most welcome. The preacher will be the Dean of Armagh, the very Reverend Shane Foster, and the Bishop of Connor will be coming to participate in the service. The tutors on the scheme are our own Dr. Joe McKee, along with Mr. Michael McCracken, the organist in Down Cathedral, and our assistant organist, Brian Clements, is a graduate of the scheme. And we have the benefits of the scheme here in this, our church, not least 
while Brian was playing the organ for a good part of the service this morning, enabling Dr. McKee to conduct the choir. So all are welcome to come back to show your support and to have more magnificent music. This day fortnight is our harvest lunch. We return back to the hall, but just for the lunch, the service will be here. If you would like to go simply for catering purposes only, get a ticket at the West End and the catering committee have already started their planning for the lunch. Can I ask that you leave your hymn books and prayer books in the pews as you make your way back for coffee? The reopening of our church is not the only significance of today, though that is quite a significant achievement. Today we are very much focused that St. Columbus is a church for all ages, from newly born to those who are in the more senior stages of life. And today, sitting almost beside each other, we have Alice Wilson, who is our youngest parishioner, just a few weeks old, and she survived the rector's visit very recently. And Rachel and Rupert, her parents are there, and Alice really likes church. No pressure. Every Sunday we're here, and I can see how settled she is in church. And not only do we have the parents, we have Granny here, and we have Great Granny here. So we have so many different generations of the Atchison family, and well done to Alison and to Moira, and of course the parents, and well done to Alice for being so good. And then one row in front, we have our most senior parishioner, our oldest parishioner, Billy Geary, who was just 100 a few weeks ago. And because we were down in the hall, that has a steep decline and a rather sharp ascent. Billy took a few weeks' leave of absence, and Billy is now with us, typical of his determination in the door when the church reopens. I'm going to invite all of us to stand up, and we're going to simply convey congratulations and sing happy birthday to Billy. For all ages, the youngest to the most senior, and all of us in the middle. <laughs> now I think we have deserved our coffee. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. <laughs>